The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I'm your host, Raider Greg, and John Gruden is the new coach of the Oakland Raiders, signed, dotted, sealed, and delivered, right there in Alameda. That and more here on show 505. Raider Nation. On today's show, we will have the return of Chucky. We're going to hit on the whole press conference, some of the questions. Uh, it's kind of interesting uh, the aspect of how I saw it. Also, the loony, Rooney rule. I don't know what this story is getting so much traction. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get all these so-called intelligent sports writers. I don't get that Trust me, this really pisses me off. And the next thing that pisses me off is the next story, which is another nine-game season. Listen, man, I am sick of giving home games away. Okay? We don't have that many left. And they take another one this season. That and the bone line should wrap it up. I like the mystique of the Raiders, and I like being a part of it. Tell the tight end to work the middle. Goes, 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 goes. Remember that voice? We're not posing for football cards. Let's play with some speed. 60 minutes of hard-nosed physical football. There's just nothing there tonight. Try something else. Heads up for 200 yet. Tell Ricky to look cute. We're in field goal race. Be smart here. Recognize this face? Yeah! Yeah, yeah, yeah! The effort is outstanding. How about those Raiders, man? If you're late for work, if you're out of shape, you're not knowing what to do, you're going to never, ever be able to live with yourself. So you guys got a chance to do some good things. The Raiders have won the AFC West. Those fans at Oakland, they're, they're unlike any others. And, uh, I get emotional quicker. Sometimes opportunities come in the middle of the night. John Gruden's going to be the next coach of the Oakland Raiders. And you better like the taste, guys. You better like the taste. John Gruden is back. But they ain't seen nothing yet, man. Raider Nation, this is a big effing deal. Please welcome the head coach of the Oakland Raiders, Mr. John Gruden. I'd just like to thank uh, Mark Davis, uh, thank Mrs. Davis for this opportunity. In a packed weight room, full of over 200 professional sports writers and sports analysts, John Gruden was introduced as the new head coach 
of the Oakland Raiders. And just like Mark Davis, I could barely sit in a chair and listen to it. But just listening to John Gruden, just listening to his demeanor and what he says and how he says it, and that scowl on his face, which is so hard to forget. You just never forget that look. It was an amazing moment for a Raider fan. And I think jealousy was throughout the NFL for the attention that we got in Alameda. In classic Raider style, unpolished, certainly unapologetic, Mark Davis, in an emotional moment, talked about how it was a very important moment for the Raider Nation. A big freaking deal, he said. And you know what he wanted to say. He chronicled how long he'd been looking for Gruden to come back, and he chronicled the, the journey with the parents and the family of John Gruden. It was a long story. It wasn't like this guy just dropped into our lap. It wasn't just like <laughs> this was someone that Mark had looked for uh, to come back. And I'm sure he advised Mark Davis on many things with the team. And as far as probably Reggie McKenzie as well. It was an interesting group of people from all over, including the Las Vegas, whatever they call their paper. Um, I, it was kind of funny to have them in there, too. Thank goodness for local Bay Area media. Uh, they got their opportunity to ask the first questions, which was appropriate uh, because we've been with this team for quite some time. I wish I could have gone. I didn't get a credential. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I don't even try. It's not worth my time. So you got to see the interview. Let's just listen to some parts of it because um, it's pretty awesome. Obviously, this is very emotional for me. I never wanted to leave the Raiders. I never thought I'd be back. But here I am, and I'm ready to get to work. And I just want to say that there's really uh, four major reasons that I am here coaching today. And number one, I love football. I love the players that play it. I love the preparation. I love the journey. Love football. And I love the city of Oakland. I had a son here. Some of my great memories in life are in Oakland, and I want to give them two of the best years of football that I can possibly help deliver. And I love the Raiders. The brand is global. Everywhere I went as a Monday Night Football analyst, the Raider Nation would come out of the ground. I love the Raiders. And most of all, I love to win. And I'm going to do everything I can. No guarantees, no promises, but... I want to win. I look forward to working with Reggie and his staff. We've got a lot of work to do. We've hired three coordinators already. Paul Gunther from the Cincinnati Bengals is official. Great addition to our football team. Rich Basaccia will be our special teams coordinator from the Dallas Cowboys. And Greg Olson will be our offensive coordinator coming over from the L.A. Rams. First things first. All right. John Gruden said he wants to get to work. He wants to lock the doors, kick everybody out and start to get to work. So what's the first action for John Gruden here? Is it evaluating free agents? Is it evaluating draft picks? Is it getting with Derek Carr and saying, here's the playbook. Let's get going. Let's study. What is the first thing John Gruden needs to do for this football team? Evaluate the players, the 53 men that are on this roster, whether they have contracts or not 
for beyond because you can re-sign them. And you heard him, and he was honest. He had the Raider game late in the year in Philadelphia on Christmas. Uh, but, you know, how much did he really get into it? Did he know he was going to get that job? I got the feeling, honestly, when I went to Philadelphia and saw him, that this is going to happen. And he's not only going to – I was convinced he was coming back to coach, and I really thought he's going to come back and coach the Raiders. I could just feel the way we interacted, the way we talked before the game and after the game, that it would happen. So, But there's a different responsibility for getting ready to broadcast a game versus really making hardcore personnel decisions on your football team and these men's lives. So he has got to look at every, uh, and he will. He is the ultimate grinder. That's why uh, I love the guy and I, why he's so perfect for uh, the whole deal here. Uh, so I think he locks himself in the building, and you will not see him out and about at all. You know, we thought maybe he'd go to the Warrior game tomorrow night. I don't think he's that kind of guy. He's gonna, he is going to evaluate the Raiders right now. When you look at 6-10 and 10 this last season, what is the biggest need for improvement on this team? Well, they started fast. They had two impressive wins. Uh, that's what we're in the process of finding out. I'm not here today to um, tell you I have all the answers right now. We have to get to work and solve the problems that we have. We did not finish well. We lost our last four games. Uh, we had some injuries, certainly. Changes on the coaching staff. There were a lot of things, obviously, that went wrong. But uh, you can't solve all the problems today. You know, we gotta, we got to come up with a plan to put the Raiders back on track and um, build this football team back. Well, the first thing he's got to do is finish up his staff. Uh, so he already talked about meetings tomorrow, and I know a lot of wide receiver coaches that have reached out to me that want to work for John. A couple of them are great. Drop uh, some names, Pop. Which, who, who you got? No, I'm not the... going to do that. I There's a quote. I, I was yeah. talking to John all weekend about a lot of people. A lot of people have reached out. Uh, th- these are these men's lives, and I'm not going to intrude that way. And John will make the right call. Uh, you know, you got to come up with a guy that's going to spark Amari Cooper, uh, for one thing. Do you need a guy that's going to kick him in the ass, or do you need a guy that's going to pat him on the back? I don't know. I don't know Amari well enough. He hardly ever talks. I think if you get an ass kicker too much, he could go the other way. But then you got to bring it out in him. So I, I don't know. Uh, but John's got to get Amari going. You're talking about Derek because John's a quarterback guy. But you got to get the, Amari going again here. He did not play well. He, with the exception of a couple of the, the one big game and a couple of plays in other games, he didn't play well this year. So John's got to bring that out in him. So once he finalizes his coaching staff, he's got to go through his roster. He has got to pour through every and when you watch you know game film and game tape now it's different than when you're looking at the whole football team to get ready for a monday night game versus every snap that marshall newhouse gave you at right tackle the left tackle every single snap kelechi assembly gave you every snap of jihad ward why didn't he play go back and look at his you know tape from illinois you got to evaluate what you have and there's some high draft picks. There's some people you have to make decisions on. So I think the first thing he's got to get a handle on before he goes to the Combine in Indianapolis is he has got to know his roster inside and out and realize uh, what he has as far as watching the video of what he's looking at as a football player and then the vision that he has. And I loved his answer about how he wants to play football. Well, tell me who my fullback is. Tell me who my feature wide receiver is. And certainly, we're going to have to look at our roster carefully. Do we have a fullback? You know, who is the feature back? Who are the receivers? A lot of things need to be determined. And I think you have to have an offense that is adaptable, 
that's versatile, that can adjust to a number of different scenarios. And that's the, what we need to do is get through today, lock the doors, and get to work. So he has a vision. Now, this is why it's got to be exciting for John to come here and not just jump in on even Tony Dungy's team that was ready-made to win. You know, in this team, a couple of years ago, we thought was really good, and then Derek got hurt. So there's some pieces that are obviously with finances pretty entrenched, but he also has the long-term vision, the contract length. And I've read that Tom Landry got 10 years and Jimmy Johnson got 10 years from the Cowboys, two different ownership groups. But it, it empowers you to look short-term and also long-term how you have a vision and how you want to play. Why did the Pittsburgh Steelers win every damn year? Because once they hired Bill Cowher and went from Chuck No to Bill Cowher, they ran a 34 defense every single year. You're not changing. And a lot of football today is different because you're in the nickel so much and you go to an even front in the nickel. But it does it impact how you draft guys, whether you're looking for outside linebackers that stand up or defensive ends that are down. You know, can a guy in college flip the other way? There's a lot of ways to look at it. So, But John now has a vision for the short term and also the long term, how he wants to play football. There are so many ways to play football. So I think the first thing to answer your question, finish up his coaching staff, and then beyond that, he has got to have a real evaluation, not just Monday night football and the guy may make a play middle of the third quarter. I've got to talk about him for 40 seconds. I don't think John attacked TV that way anyway. I think he looked at it at great depth. That's why, even though he was so good at it, Ultimately, it's not the ultimate satisfaction for him. It's still coaching. And I think Mark put it best. He was so good on TV, but he was wasting his talent. And I, I can feel that uh, knowing him as a coach and as a person, the way he motivates men. So finalize his coaching staff and get that done ASAP and get the best people he can, even if he has to wait for him. And then really have a handle on what he's talking about as far as evaluating players, who he wants to bring back. And then, you know, walk around the building. And start talking to people. I think one of the, there are a lot of people that are, that are new to the Raiders, but a lot of people have been there forever. Bobby Romanski, the equipment guy, H. Rod Martin, uh, Scott Touche, Dr. King, they've all been there. And now you go in and you find out about guys. One thing to look at them and watch them on video and then walk around and ask Bobby, you know, what, what kind of guy is Beast Mode? Really? Hey, Crabtree, what kind of guy is this guy? Uh, you know, go to Rod Martin. You know, is he a guy that wants to play even though... You know, is he, he's dinged up a little bit. Does he have to come out of the game and not go back into the game? So he's, that's, that's the beauty of John Gruden. It's not just X's and O's, nerdy. Uh, he's a feel guy. You can feel him. He's going to want to get a feel for the building and know it. And he's got a lot of people in that building that he still trusts, going back to his Raider days, Bonte, that are still there that will give him the right intel on all these guys inside and out. Uh, so I can't wait to get started. And it's an emotional time for me, but I'll answer any questions I can. Thank you. Please stand up and state your name and affiliation. John, uh, Vern Glenn, KPIX TV. Once you made that decision, from that point on, were you diagramming plays in your head? Were you thinking Spider 2, why banana? What, 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 what were the emotions once, once you made that decision? Hey, this is, this is going to be it. You know, the reality is I haven't changed much at all since 1998. I really haven't. I'm not a real deep philosophical person. Um, I've always loved football. I've wanted to come back. I've prepared to come back. I'm ready to roll. I'm just ready to go. I'm at a point in my life where I need another challenge, and I know I have a lot to prove, and uh, I'm eager to prove that I can do it. But um, 
Yeah, I've been thinking of a lot of plays. And when I met Derek Carr this morning, I, I thought of a few more, just so you know. <laughs> you know, John, better than anybody, I think, as far as playing the quarterback position. What do you think John will do with Derek Carr? How much will he will he run the no huddle and empower him to, to run that the line of scrimmage? Just give me your thoughts on how how John Gruden's gonna handle Derek Carr. I think he's gonna give him as much as he can possibly handle, and I think he can handle quite a bit. So I think the biggest change for Derek is is not necessarily the volume. I think it's gonna be the creativity, ingenuity, I just think his ability to have more control. Derek's gonna have the ability to have a lot of freedom and flexibility at the line of scrimmage. Not necessarily to call his own plays, but John's going to give him a, a package of plays, and he's going to have to recognize the situation in the game, have to recognize the front, the coverage, the rotation. And then he's going to be trained that if we get this, we're going to run this. If we don't, we're going to run this. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be spelled out for him, and I think it's going to be a much more efficient way to function in today's NFL. And I think he's going to do terrific. I think you'll see him in the gun. I think you'll see some empty. I think you'll see some fullback in the game. I think you'll see you know, John is believes in multiple personnel groupings, multiple formations, shifts, motions. I mean, he's going to attack, and he's going to be aggressive. And I think Derek is going to love it. I think it's a great system of football that is unique, that has continued to evolve, that will continue to evolve. And I think Derek fits it perfectly. Rich Canada's back on the afternoon delight here at 95.7 The Game. So I'll ask the tough one. Right away, Rich, and we'll get it out of the way, and then we'll see where the conversation goes from there. But did you have a conversation with John after his press conference yesterday about becoming the quarterback coach of the Oakland Raiders, Rich? We, I did speak with him earlier this morning, and um, I'll just be honest with you guys. You know, I, I really came to my senses probably on the flight up there yesterday um, to, to go to the press conference and just realized that, you know, to work alongside John Gruden, it takes – special person. It takes a person with great energy and passion and commitment and more importantly, time. <laughs> and I, I didn't I didn't think it would be fair to myself, my family, or even to John not to either be all in um, with him. And so uh, we talked this morning and I think he understood that. I think he probably knew that before we even really um, you know, he knows me as well as anybody and so um so I won't, I won't be doing that. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be involved um, in some different capacity, a smaller capacity. Uh, I want to be around him and, and um, as much as I can because I have great respect for him. And but it just it's hard to you know be away from it for you know retired in '04 and then to jump back in in 2018 um, and be able to say All right, I'm going to start working 80 hour weeks again. That's that's hard and. Um, I just wasn't oh, just wasn't particularly sure that I wanted to do it, and and particularly with John because you have to be able to match his energy and his intensity and his passion and quite frankly his endurance. And I just didn't know that that would be right for me and my family. And I am thrilled for him and for the Raiders because I I think that John is John's ready to go. I mean, this guy has been preparing for this for the last you know eight or nine years, and he's going to come back and he's going to do an incredible job. Rich Gannon uh, with breaking news here, acknowledging that he's not going to be the Raider uh, quarterback coach uh, right here on 95.7 The Game. So uh, I, and I, I thought about this. I don't even know about the money during what you do with CBS versus what a quarterback coach in the NFL makes, but the hours are insane compared to what you do to, to do a great job on TV. Is this something you would revisit 
in a year or two if your family situation did change? Do you ever see yourself trying to make the step up to be maybe an offensive coordinator one day in the NFL, Rich, or ultimately a head coach in the NFL? I don't think so. I mean, if that was my career path and passion, I think that, you know, that's certainly something I could have done. You know, I would have, you know, Mr. Davis spoke with me before I retired, and that was something that he talked um, at great length about. And, you know, I had an opportunity to, when I got done, to join the Raider coaching staff. I just, this wasn't the right time for me, and I wasn't even healthy at the time. I had just gone off a, a fractured vertebrae, and so I just had to go, you know, a lot of rehab and go heal. And, so, but to answer your question, probably not. If there was an opportunity for me to do it, it would have been now with John, with the Raiders, um, you know, someone I trust a great deal. And, and uh, you know, but it just, for me right now, and quite frankly, probably for, you know, I, I just knew, I just knew that, look, for me, it's not the money. It had nothing to do with it. It was not, it was not a financial decision at all. We, in fact, I guess I said to you, we never even sat down and talked specifics. To me, it was just a, a lifestyle situation in terms of you, know, you go from having some flexibility with your schedule now and, and your travel schedule and, and, and kids and, and family and where you live and, and, uh, and, you know, and then all of a sudden you say, well, that's, that's done. I'm, I'm now I'm a football coach and for the Oakland Raiders. And, and now, you know, for 12 months a year, I'm, I'm, I'm grinding away. And, and so I think John's put together, you know, he's putting together a really good staff and guys that are all in guys that have the passion, Paul Gunther, uh, you know, I, I cannot say enough good things about him. He is going to be, he's already an outstanding defensive coordinator. He's a great teacher. He's a great communicator. He is going to do a tremendous job with the defense. The Raiders defense has not been a top five defense as far back as I can remember. It certainly wasn't a top five defense when I was there, but I think he has the, the ability to, to help, I think, begin to point that defense in that direction. And I think, you know, Greg Olson, you know, speaks the language. He's a guy that was with John. He, he's going to be great, um, as a, an extension of John. And then they'll find a young quarterback coach, I would guess, to someone they can groom. And, but, you know, John's going to coach the position. I mean, let's be honest. You know, he, he's going to coach Derek. And then whoever the quarterback coach is, he can work with the younger guys. But John calls the plays, coaches the position, and he should because he's the best at it. So it really had nothing to do with that. It was really a, simply a decision for me and my family just in terms of that I want to jump back in and basically, you know, turn my life upside down and, and, to, and to do something that, um, would really be a major lifestyle change. And I just at this point, just was, it was, um, it was something I thought about, um, but I just couldn't pull the trigger. Uh, you said, Rich, you're still going to be around the team, and obviously John's your buddy. Uh, you're not going to be the quarterback coach, but when, when will we see you? Will, will you have an on-field role in training camp or the OTAs? Will you be around the team at all on the field, Rich? Well, I'm not naive. You, you just can't pop in and pop out and, and think that you're going to be effective. And so that's, you know, we haven't, we haven't really talked specifics. And, and um, look, it, it makes no sense for me to, to roll into town for two days during a mini camp when I haven't been in the quarterback meeting room and I haven't been to quarterback orientation and I haven't been to all the installs and all of a sudden, you know, as John's coaching and Greg's coaching and different people are coaching to, 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 to interject. I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense, you know, or to show up at training camp for a day. Like, you really feel like you're going to make an impact. So, you know, we got to, we got to figure things out and, you know, where I can lend a hand and, 
So I'm not naive to think that, you know, there's no consultants. There's not a lot of consultants in the National Football League. In other words, you just can't, you know, say, oh, I'm going to pop in and spend a day with the Packers and really feel like I'm going to make a difference with Aaron Rodgers. It just doesn't work that way. So, you know, I'm going to look at, um, you know, sit down with um, a number of different people and just figure out, you know, is there is there a role that I can help and, and um and really just, you know, even, even mentor Derek. I, you know, I talked to Derek yesterday for a little bit. I talked to him a week and a half ago. So, um, I'm going to talk to Derek a lot about the mental part of it. I'm going to talk to Derek a lot about the preparation and about the attention to detail about, you know, the schedule, about what he needs to accomplish on Monday and Tuesday and different things like that that maybe, you know, um, the coaches won't get into. And I'm, I'm going to share with him what worked for me and, and what I did and some of the, the secrets that I developed over my 18-year career, which I haven't really shared with a lot of people. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to try and help him where I can. And I think he's open to that. We had a conversation yesterday. He wanted to sit down and visit. Not only that, but I'm going to try and help him understand John Gruden. How is John Wired? What does he like? What doesn't he like? Where, you know, what, what, what will frustrate John? You know, how to deal with John in meetings. John can be, you know, John can be, um, very intense, you know, and so I think Derek is going to, look, John has the ability to tailor his style of coaching to who the players are. And I think that's what always has made him special. And it's not like Derek is a guy that needs some special treatment. He's a tough guy. He's worked hard. He's developed into a really good player in this league. And if you really lift up the hood and study him, he's had, what, three different play callers in four years. You know, he's had a lot of change around him. And that, that, that's, um, that, that certainly has affected him. And now he's got another change. So I'm just trying to help him any way I can. But um, that's really right now where I, where I would focus some of my effort and energy just to help him feel comfortable with, with the transition and certainly you've got a, a loyalty to John and to the Raiders and, and to what they've meant to me in my career and how, how um, they provided me an opportunity and so I really like Derek Carr a lot I, I think the world of him I think he's a really talented player and I just think there's more there and as I said to him yesterday this is a once in a lifetime opportunity if you just if you'll just buy in and do what what's asked of you do the little things he got a chance to win a Super Bowl, multiple Super Bowls, and be, you know, an MVP of the league and to be a Hall of Famer. I think he has that ability, and um, I'm anxious to see him get there. Uh, John Carl Stewart from the Bay Area News Group. 20 years is a long time to be away from the sidelines. How has the game changed, in your opinion? Has it changed that much? And how much are you going to have to adjust from the coach you were 20 years ago? 20. I mean, I'm not that old, Carl. I mean, um, look, what has changed is the collective bargaining agreement has changed, the way we practice, the way we conduct ourselves in the offseason. Obviously, the rules have changed. Player safety has now emerged as a critical part of the game. I paid very close attention to it. Um, I have a lot to prove. There's no question. I have not coached since 2008. I haven't won a game since 2008. I haven't lost any either. So I just want to keep that in perspective. I've got to hire a great coaching staff. That's been the number one uh, criteria that I've tried to bring every place that I've been as a head coach. It's about the people. It's about the staff. It's about the tempo that we establish as a coaching staff. So uh, with that said, i got a lot to prove. I know that. But the game is still uh, 
decided by players between the lines, and we all have to adapt every year. Coach, uh, Levi Damian from SMU Nation. Being away from the game the, the last few years, what do you think are the most important things you've learned seeing things from the other side? Look, I've got to see uh, every facility in the league. I've had a chance to uh, watch them practice, see how they conduct training camps. I've had a chance to learn some things and see some things that I would have never gotten to see as a coach. And uh, I've had a chance to study different offenses, different defenses, and I've had a chance to get into personnel more. I thought that was intriguing in his presser where he said, look, I had the chance to see every facility, every talk to every coach, see practices and, oh, I could take this little nugget here. I could take this nugget here. Oh, do you guys are running the spread? Oh, no huddle here? Oh, this is unique. I thought that was very, very telling there because I wonder how thick his binder is with plays from other teams or just concepts from other teams. You know, we talked about on the show how he may not huddle when he comes back. He may run a Chip Kelly offense. Now, I don't think he'll do that, but I do think we'll see more spread. I think we'll see more vertical from his offense this time around, especially when you think about Derek Carr. And we looked at the 2015 and the 2016 season. Derek Carr slang that ball down the field, and it was pretty. Amari Cooper, ACDC, the deep ball was in play. Not just the deep and dunk stuff. I don't know where. Now, in Rich, in John Gruden's old offense with Rich Gannon, Derek Carr's deep and dunk, it'd be perfect for his offense. That's what Rich Gannon, it wasn't necessarily deep and dunk, but it was a short passing game, the West Coast passing game. Now he gets to stretch the ball down the field here, and I'm intrigued to see what new wrinkles John Gruden will have in his offense here, Pop. Well, I mean, one thing you have to realize is that in almost every play call, there's a layer of the route. There's a deep route, there's an intermediate route, there's a shallower route, there's a check down. And all of that is just dependent on the quarterback's eyes. You know, Al would always insist, you look deep first, right? He, you, I want you to look deep first. And Al would go crazy that the quarterback would go to the check down fast. So uh, John's offense, Al did not like it because there were too many short passes. But that was the Bill Walsh West Coast offense. So it'll be interesting to see Derek Carr's strength is getting the ball out of his hand fast. So I think he, he could be this generation's Rich Gannon. Rich did not have a great deep downfield throwing arm, but... The running game and the short passing game opened it up for the deep stuff to eventually uncover because they can't sit back in a two-deep shell all the time and cover all the shallow crosses and all the short stuff. So it's not just that simple. And as far as the going to the facilities, that's what I spoke of yesterday and why we wanted Mike on to open the show. Uh, this is not like Dick Vermeil. Dick Vermeil did college football. He did not do pro football. It's not like Joe Gibbs. Joe Gibbs went and worked in NASCAR. He was far away from pro football. But John Gruden, this has never really happened in football where someone coached in the league as well as John and won a Super Bowl, or no matter how long, you know, or what level of success you had, John, John was there for a long time. He coached 11 years, four with the Raiders, seven with Tampa. He went to TV for nine years and at the highest level, the production elements that John was being given working for ESPN and Monday Night Football was probably better in some regards as coach when he was coaching. And the fact that he got to tour the facilities, and it's not so much that the guy showed him plays. He doesn't need to know the play. He can see it from the video like all coaches do. He may not know the exact verbiage of the call, but he knows what they're doing by just watching the play. But what he was around was how the, uh, the organizations beat differently. Every facility has got a different 
way they do things. And you may steal a nugget on a practice drill or what they do on Fridays. Uh, you know, when Monday night crew, they roll in typically Saturday, which is kind of like a Friday, which has been a glorified walkthrough in the NFL, more red zone stuff. You know, he may steal a thought or two. Just being around practices and being around training camps, he's been able to observe behind the walls of these other teams, not so much the specific of play calling, but the macro pullback organizational view. And I think that's what's going to be intriguing to me to watch. I know John can call plays, diagram plays, script it all, get the best out of the offense. I know that. It's how is it going to be different at age 54, still calling the plays, but now having this global NFL vision to be able to direct the Raider franchise with Al Davis being gone. Mark doesn't do that. Reggie's more of a personnel guy, and I think uh, it's a great thing for the organization to have the head coach do it. Ultimately, he's got to coach the guys, and when they get on the field, John's got to direct them the way he wants them to play, but to also be able to steer the organizational philosophy from the head coach's office is invaluable, and he learned all this the time he was away on Monday Night Football. I think I'm more big picture now than I was in the past, but... I still want to be very detailed in terms of how we play offense. I still want to be very involved in how we move the football. But uh, I have had some opportunities that are unique and I think beneficial as a, as a broadcaster. There's a couple of things in the interview that were, you know, like Tim Kawakami, the samurai. Of some bullshit. <laughs> I love it. Anyway... He had to ask about the salary, of course, and that was important to him. John, Tim Kawakami, The Athletic. Uh, the reported terms of this deal are 10 years, $100 million. Is that close to accurate? And if it is, how do you make yourself worth $100 million? I don't have a guarantee to be alive for 10 years, just so people know. Um, Mark has told me that we're not getting ownership of the team, so I am happy to report that today. But uh, I don't really know the terms. All I know is this year I'm going to be coaching in Oakland, and next year I'm going to be coaching in Oakland, and I want to help deliver the best football team we can for the people here in Oakland. And uh, how long I stay here will be determined by how well we play. So 10 years, $10 million a year. That's $100 million, folks, for everybody else. They must have a lot of confidence in this guy, and I think the rest of the Raider Nation does too. I know it's a great way to put asses in the seats. That's you could bet on because it's going to put my ass back in my seat next year, something that I was not going to do because the buffoonery has gone too far already, and I was ready to cut the cord, as you guys know. But at this point, I think this will be one of the rare opportunities we'll get to see Chucky on the field. And if you haven't seen him, then you better get your ass in a seat too because it's something to see. It's not the docile coaches we've had. It's not the boring Dennis Allen, let's not get emotional on the sideline or the not holding a clipboard, Jack Del Rio, just, you know, walking back and forth with no emotion. Uh, This guy is animated. He's real. He's John Gruden. You know him, and he knows us. I love what he talked about Oakland. I love when he talked about wanting to come back and give us a championship or give it his very best, which I think we will get. And we already got it the day after this this you know dog and pony show is over. 
like he said, let's close the doors. Let's get to work. Now, John, he gets the 10-year, $100 million contract here. He's, he's expected to take this team back to great heights here. Expectations are through the roof for Chucky here, Pop. Anything short of the playoffs is a disappointment for John Gruden, especially here in the last two years of Oakland, I think. Uh, you have all this personnel on offense. The, high, the most expensive offensive line in football, Gabe, Gabe Jackson, Rodney Hudson, Coleccio Simley. You have... You know, you have two nice uh, scat backs here with DeAndre Washington and Jalen Rashard. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Beast Mode. Jameis Alawali can catch the ball out of backfield. I think he's a very underutilized fullback for the Oakland Raiders. Expectations, Pop, is high. If John Gruden doesn't get this team through the playoffs, at least this year, it's a disappointment for year one oh, and on, year God, two. So you I, sound I like you've been hanging around these members of the media too <sighs> Man, much. No, Maybe because they're giving you free meals. No, he, that, you I'm, know what? <laughs> he, may, he may strip the team down. More than you know. Uh, you know, I understand. Either you're going to keep the left guard, the center, and the right guard. Beyond that, and you're going to keep Amari. Beyond that, what do you know? You really don't know anything. Now, he, wouldn't even man- he didn't even mention the fullback's name. He said, I don't know who the fullback is. Because Jameis Alawale didn't play. You know, the game that he broadcasted in Mexico City, Alawale flipped that game against Houston last year, the first play of the fourth quarter. They didn't use him at all this year. What happened to Alawale? And then over on the defensive side, what do you know? You know Khalil Mack's going to be back. Beyond that, what do you know? <laughs> Gary Conley can't get healthy. Obi Melifonwu, we didn't see him enough. We don't know about Amerson. We don't know about Sean Smith. We don't know about T.J. Carey. We don't know about Navarro Bowman. We don't know about Bruce Irvin. We know about Khalil Mack. Eddie Vanderdose tore his ACL the last game of the year in L.A. So you really don't know, Bonte. He may, he may come through here and f- shoot a cannonball through the whole thing. And completely rebuild it. Would fans I don't be okay with that? Thinking. Would people be okay with John Gruden just stripping the stage? Who cares what they think? It's not. I, it's not open to the populace to have winning, a vote. Right? We care about winning here. You, you may not. He got a ten-year deal, but yeah, he cares about winning. This is a different time right now. Yeah, he's going to want to win this year, but maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know what his thought is on really what what they need to do. In my opinion, you need a whole new set of corners. I'd like to see T.J. Carey be resigned. Uh, I don't know about the secondary. Gary Conley's got to get healthy. Is he able to get healthy? Have a serious conversation with H. Rod Martin. What's wrong with the number one draft pick? Why didn't he play? Is Carl Joseph too small? Reggie Nelson's at the end of his deal. There are a lot of uncertainties here. So, you know, I'm getting excited here. But John's got to roll up his sleeve and go to work. And you got it's it's tough out there. So to just say, well, John Gruden's back, and, boy, he can give a good speech that they're going to go out and win the AFC West again. I don't know. Uh, they got a lot of work to do. There are no certainties on this football team. Uh, I mean, you could cut players you'd think they're going to keep. I mean, when you have a, an organizational philosophical change like they just had, people lose their jobs that you, you, you would be surprised would stay here. Uh, you know, he's got people that he's been looking at on other teams. I don't know how widespread. So, uh, you know, uh, Kansas City's changed what they're doing. Uh, Denver's trying to find a quarterback, and they're in, the, they're in a little bit of a change as well. They've not re-identified how they're going to play. And with John coming in, you really don't know how the Raiders want to play. Uh, you know, he's going to take the offense, certainly, but really, how is he going to do it? And, you know, what does he do with the defense? I liked what he said about Paul Gunther, Bontade, but start making proclamations. This is a 6-10 and 10 football team. Let, let's be real here. And they got some age in, in the offensive line. The area's exception with the right guard. The left guard and the center are older guys. The left tackle is coming off a severely bad 
uh, injury at the end of his year. He also ended last year with a bad injury. You just extended him. There are not a lot of certainties. What does your tight end room look like right now? Do you want to keep Lee Smith? Clive Walford did not advance this year at all. Uh, Jared Cook uh, looked like the part sometimes, but really is he a part of it culture-wise moving forward? So I, I don't, I'm not of that opinion. I think John may just reboot the whole place and restart all over again. He may try to make cosmetic changes uh, just to get it up and running. But he's, that's what he's going to do for the next month between now and when he goes to the Combine. He's going to get a feel of exactly what he has here. But to start saying this is a playoff team, I mean, there, there were so many games, Bonte, where they just looked like they didn't have the right personnel. And we talked about the defensive liabilities. Uh, and who knows? So I, I, you can't make that kind well, of proclamation. I'm just saying. Right we were make, we were sitting here making Super Bowl proclamations before the season. We're talking 31.5 points and, a game. So, and what happened? And what happened? This team fell and what apart. Happened? I think it was more so right. because of the coaching staff around him. No, Not I, don't, just the I, I don't know. The that players got to play, but the coaches didn't put this team in position to play. You saw the Washington game. They were exposed for being a predictable, oh. stagnant offense that got bullied. Hey, once Tom, Jim Tom Sula figured out how to attack this offensive line, the Raiders never adjusted the rest of the season, whether they went to Buffalo, whether it was Mexico City against New England, they were exposed from week three on. They didn't they didn't make any adjustments here. And we're talking about a team that just made the playoffs, that was on the cusp of winning the AFC West. Talking about we we're talking Operation Minnesota. And from going to, to Operation Minnesota to bring in one of his high junkies. But you got anything less that's than playoffs here with John Gruden is a disappointment with this. Okay, let's not start that now. I I'm mean you're saying. starting already you're you're, you're living in the world of now, and you need to stop doing that. I, I understand what truth, you're saying. Pop. It's the truth, though. I, you have a ten okay, So, so what they, if he doesn't make the playoffs contract. this year, do you want to fire him? No, I'm not I saying that. What that's saying. a disappointment if they don't make the playoffs. Okay, but we're not. He just got a ten-year deal. This is, he is going to rudder the Raider organization for a decade. He has made a commitment, and the one thing Mark Davis said: you're all looking at it from the commitment of the Raiders to him. John just signed a contract that takes him through age 64. He is going to be 64 years of age when this deal expires. So the Raiders can hold him to it, and he would have to coach this team forever till he grows old. So this is it. He is making a decision today to coach this football team really for the rest of his football coaching life. So I understand what you're saying, but it's not just about this year. It's about building something to sustain it for a long haul. And that's why you give this coach this kind of contract is because he's, he's going to make decisions for the here and now, but he's also going to make decisions for next year, for Vegas, and forever. And he didn't want to get into Vegas, but that's a reality. How do you win when you go there? Can you build a black hole? He talked, uh, you know, she talked lovingly about the black hole, and I know him, and I know he feels that way. Could they ever recreate that in Las Vegas? Has he thought that through really fully? Knowing the way John lives in the here and now, I'm not sure he has. He will address that when that time comes. But it also, you know, he's going to build this thing. Uh, and he may have more of a thought process like you do because John hates to lose. He's highly competitive. But that's what a 10-year contract for a head coach does. It allows him to look short-term, long-term, medium-term. He can really uh, look at the entirety of the football organization and not just the football team. So to come out of this and say if they don't make the playoffs next year is a huge disappointment, Vontae. That's that's surprising, honestly. Right. I mean, you don't you don't you don't know what you have at all right, right. now. All right. What would you like to see this team do defensively, adding pieces Everything. around Khalil Mack? Everything. 
Are you kidding me? I mean, everything. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, Navarro Bowman got cut, came here, and at times he was the best player on the team. And he ran the green dot in the first game against the Chiefs and was on the field for 60 or 62 snaps and was on the field for damn near every snap. So, uh, you know, they got a lot out of him, and he got better in his change of direction ability. But uh, everything. Are you kidding me? I, I don't know. Uh, can Nicholas Morrow gain weight and be an every-down linebacker? I, I liked his, his movement skill, did a great job against uh, Jason Witten in that uh, Sunday night game. He can cover to some degree. Can Corey James be a guy next to somebody? Uh, is Bowman going to be brought back? What do you do with Bruce Irvin? Uh, I mean, are you kidding me? I think it's everything. I mean, every single guy on the defense, with the exception of numeral 52, uh, is a guy that you have to, you, you, you don't know. Uh, David Amerson, Sean Smith, T.J. Carey, I've told you, I think he's their best corner. Uh, and the fact that he can play in the slot is a tremendous advantage. Uh, but he's a free agent. And there's a new set of eyes now coming in. John Gruden's got different eyes. Paul Gunther will have different eyes. How much autonomy will John give to Paul Gunther to not only structure the defense, but pick players that he wants to play in the defense? Will Gunther say, you know, I can make, uh, I can make uh, David Amerson work. He's a guy we can, we can deal with with a size and a boundary corner. And, or, you know, does John have a different opinion? I don't know. So, again, what I'm telling you here is before we start making proclamations, you got it. This is a whole new world order. It's a new John Gruden. He has a different set of walking papers. He has complete autonomy now. When he walks in, he's not, you know, his nostrils aren't flaring to see if he can smell Al's cologne. And is that black, you know, uh, car uh, in the front and Al's in the building or not? Al's not in the building. This is John's building now. Hi, Rick Tittle with 95.7 The Game, the home of the Raiders. And this is for Reggie, too. You mentioned personnel. How much are you going to be involved in personnel decisions? Or are you just going to coach? Well, we're going to work together. Uh, Reggie and I come from the same tree in Green Bay, uh, raised by Ron Wolf. As young Green Bay Packers, I think we have a similar viewpoint in terms of what kind of players we're looking for. But it's got to be a collaborative effort whether it be a salary cap decision, a free agent acquisition, who we draft, mm-hmm. we got to work together. Yeah. And I think that's the great thing about being here is we're going to be united, we're going to work hard, and we're going to assemble the best team possible. We're not always going to agree, and Reg, you'll probably win. Look at the size of the guy. Uh, but you know what? Uh, I don't want to agree with everybody. You know, I really want to work hard, and I want to try to uh, pursue every vehicle possible to improve the Raiders. And I know he means it, and trust me, all the coaches underneath him better get ready for some sleepless nights because he's going to drive this train, and he's going to drive it right to a championship just like he did it before. I know that there's so many prognosticators. There's so many, you know, Stephen Asshole Smith uh, with his how John Gruden doesn't deserve the salary. He doesn't have the accolades of the Bill Belichick, and that's all he seems to go to. And let's not forget, Stephen A. Smith is not a football guy. I don't think he knows shit about football. Matter of fact, I think he's a complete idiot, and he has to read other people's work to develop his own opinion. I believe he's an expert at any stretch of the imagination. Uh, he's bloviated his way into broadcasting and that's what I feel about his entire broadcasting life is it's bloviating at very high sound levels. And I'm sure those engineers have a headache trying to fix that 
in their booth, I'm sure. Right, Randy? Why would you say something so blasphemous? In my heyday, he would need help. What? How dare you? How dare you say such a thing? That, 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 that is blasphemous. (laughs) Long story short, welcome back, John. Uh, Forget all this buffoonery. Expectations are expectations. I heard on one of the phone calls in I-57, the game, a 49er fan came out and said, well, you know, Raider Nation's all happy now, but what happens if, like, the season doesn't go like you hoped it would and you start having a losing season? You guys going to bail out? What a question from that bonehead. That guy, (laughs) I have to talk about this phone call because I couldn't believe they put it on the air. It was so stupid. Listen. The Niner unfaithful are everywhere. Matter of fact, there are plenty. You can find them in the parking lot, at the Raiders, at the Coliseum, in the Black Hole, every Sunday. They come there because we know how to get it done. And that is a fact. And on that, last note, welcome back, John. It's awesome. We love you, bro. But wait. There's more. (laughs) There is more because Paul Gunther has been announced as defensive coordinator. Signed on the dotted line. Now, Greg Olson, which was here, I think is between 13, 2013, 2014, as an OC. He wasn't very good, but I don't know if he had a supporting staff. I don't know anything other than I didn't like him before. So that's kind of a caution to me. But, hey, the head coach, it's his gig. I'm going to let him run with it. He's the one that's managing this guy. So let's just hope that that's better. We have a Jay Bisancia. I think that's how you say it. I'm sure I'm butchering the crap out of it. Rich Bisaccia will be our special teams coordinator from the Dallas Cowboys. But he's our special teams coach. For now, that's what it looks like. Now, I'm really happy about this crew. I'm feeling positive. I'm a, We have to just sit back and let it happen. I mean, I know it's not going to be Shangri-La right away, but we shall see. It's exciting time to be a Raider fan, and I don't care what anybody else says. Uh, we're pumped. All right, get ready for this story. The loony... Rooney rule. It's freaking loony because the NFL is lame. Okay, by now you guys must have heard of the Rooney rule violation allegation. Get that out in one phrase. That the NFL is thrown out there on the Oakland Raiders. We did not abide by the rule. Mark Davis spilled the beans and a personal discussion with some, you know, reporters about he had chosen Chucky and hired him in December. First of all, you don't hire anybody until the contract is signed. And that is when you're hired. Not when someone says, hey man, I'll hire you. Come on over and come on over and get an interview. That's not when someone gets hired. Technically, that's a fact. The NFL is full of holes in this case, but I'm sure they're going to go to the mountain with this one because it's against the Oakland Raiders. 
I have never heard such horse crap in my freaking life than from Stephen Asshole Smith. What a putz. This clown thinks he knows everything about the NFL. He has the gall to talk about uh, John Gruden doesn't isn't valuable enough to spend $100 million on. What does he know about anything other than basketball? He knows about basketball. I got to give him that. But other than that, you know, he can read articles till he's blue or purple, whatever you want to say. But Stephen A. Smith is no NFL expert, nor does he know nothing about the Oakland Raiders. He hasn't spent five minutes here in Oakland. I can tell you that right now. But uh, he will take a great opportunity, a photo op, to stand next to Gruden. I guarantee you that. He'd have his smile on. He'd be all happy and jovial. But now he's bloviating about uh, the salary and now uh, the coaching issue with the Rooney Rule. I don't care that a black candidate doesn't have the Oakland Raiders job. I think it's perfectly understandable why the Raiders picked John Gruden. John Gruden is synonymous with Raider Nation. Those people love him. And if you're the Oakland Raiders and you have an opportunity to give the fans what they want to see, especially when it comes to coaching because you damn sure can't seem to do it on the field, why not hire John Gruden? Even if it did cost you $100 million. I understand. There's no issue with, with a, 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 a minority not getting that job. The problem is when the rule is clearly in place, that minority candidates have to be interviewed. Yes, you have to interview them. No, you do not have an obligation to showcase them. John Wooten of the Fritz Pollard Alliance was right when he said that last week. So if the man interviews two minority candidates, what in God's name makes you think minority candidates are benefited by them being interviewed, but nobody knowing about the damn interview? What purpose does that serve? What purpose does it serve if you haven't let everybody know who the damn candidate is? How does that help the minority candidate? And if you're Reggie McKenzie, who's an African-American executive in the National Football League, you're a general manager for Christ's sakes. How do you not know that we need to see that man, whoever you interviewed, walking out in front of the camera with the world knowing you interviewed him for the job? How do you not know the benefit of that? How do you not know? Now, Shannon Sharp is another knucklehead. He's a moron, too. He played the game, however, he does know football, and he should know himself the prejudice that still runs through the NFL. It's not over today. It didn't end in some magical time. It still happens today. And he has the gall to point a finger at the Oakland Raiders. USA Today's Jarrett Bell wrote today that the Raiders should be fined a million dollars and lose a first-round pick as punishment. Shannon, should the Raiders be penalized? They should absolutely be punished. And I'm disappointed in the Raiders, Skip, because their history says they've been at the forefront before the Rooney Rule was ever implemented. They hired Art Shell, an African-American. They gave Tom Flores a Hispanic-American. Amy Trask was the first female woman to have a higher-up position in a professional football team organization. She was second to Al Davis. Yes, yes. And I know know Amy very well, or or Reggie McKenzie. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm so disappointed but I'm going to be somewhat lenient. I agree with Jared Bell. Had they not had this history of practicing hiring minorities and giving them opportunity like a lot of these other franchises have, 
oh, I would take three first rounders and $10 million fine. Because the million dollar fine is nothing, Skip. Yeah. You just paid a man $100 million for 10 years. So a million dollars is nothing to a franchise that's probably worth $1.52 billion. So a million dollars to them is nothing. What makes them hurt is those draft picks. That's the money. That's the currency in the NFL. Not money per se, but draft picks. That's the currency that gets people, teams' attention. Mark Davis, you had a coach. Wait till the season's over. He was trying to be funny, but he exposed himself. that I, I had already had an agreement with this guy on Christmas Eve. Before, and then once I knew I had him, I fired Jack Del Rio. You don't, don't do business like that. John Gruden should have said, wait till after the season, because we hear coaches all the time publicly, oh, he has a job. You know, I don't talk about other jobs that's already, someone's already in that position. And lo and behold, I don't care who tell it, Joy. So John Gruden agreed to coach the team, even though he said on numerous occasions that he does not talk about jobs when a coach is already in position at said job. That is correct. And lo and behold, mm. you see what happens, Skip? You see what happened, Joe? Boy, I tell you, that lie. Mm. A lot of people think it's a rubber stamp. They already have an idea, but just to meet the parameters and the guideline of what the Rooney Rule is, mm -hmm. they are bringing black or a minority in as a token with no hopes or intentions on hiring them. Yeah. I'm disappointed in the Raiders. Mm -hmm. But, Skip, <clears throat> I can't hammer them over the head like I would most franchises, given their history and how and, and even before the Rooney Rule was ever implemented, mm -hmm. and them giving Art Shell, who I know very well, uh, Amy Trask and, and, and Tom Flores and all these other situations, Skip, I got to punish them some, but I'm going to take their past history into mm -hmm. consideration. Yep. So I'm not going to punish them as severely as I would another team, but I'm going to punish them to let them know that this is unacceptable and also to send a message to the other team. You got it. Because punishment, you look, your fate is sealed. But punishment is also to deter others mm -hmm. from doing such sad acts. I agree. Would you go to first round draft? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm taking the first. Like I said, if they, they, any other team, Skip, I might, and the owner said this, I might take three first rounders because I got to let them know, Skip, that this is serious. You said you wanted to be fair. You wanted to be up and up mm -hmm. because for the longest time, Skip, blacks couldn't even get in the building. They couldn't even get an interview. Agreed. Now, it might be rubber stamped, at least because I, I can assure you. I don't know if the Steelers really thought Mike Tomlin was going to woo them and blow them away like he did, but he got in there for some reason. He did. And here we are today. That's why it's named the Rooney Rule. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah, he gave us a little bit of a, well, they were okay. They, you know, they've been pretty on the forefront of, of uh, equal opportunity, but this is outrageous. They should, you lose draft picks. They should be fined millions of dollars. Oh, Shannon Sharp, kiss my Raider ass. You bronco ho, you know, you are a punk. I, you know what? The face of a horse is all I can say, and the mind of an ass is all I can say when it comes to Shannon Sharp and his little dog Skippy, Skip Bayless. They can both kiss me with the sun don't shine because they both went on a rant about how the Oakland Raiders violated the Rooney rule and how it should be dragged around uh, over the coals. Just skipping over ever so delicately the amazing history of equal opportunity that has happened in the Raider locker room, in the Raider coaching staff, in the Raider management, in the Raiders uh, 
every aspect of the team. Way before it was Vogue, way before they picked black players from small black colleges, Al Davis was there. Al Davis opened the door in the old AFL for many black athletes that never would have had an opportunity to play professional football. Upshaw was one of them. Just one of many. Amy Trask, Tom Flores, the list just goes on and on. I am sure of all 32 teams in the NFL that the Oakland Raiders are above and beyond any measurable, any, any measurable aspect of not seeing color of being colorblind as an organization. And I would put that against any of the teams in the league, and there are some that are sorely white. And you know what I mean by that. It is unbelievable that they are being chastised over this. And there was no opening, man. There was no opening (laughs) on the Raiders. There was not an open position. You know when you have an open position for for a head coach, that's when you kick your head coach out because he stinks, and then you're looking, you're searching, you're interviewing. You don't know who you want. You're not sure who you're going to get, but you're searching for a coach. That's the Rooney rule. There's where it applies. In this case, this guy had been... (laughs) He's been trying to get this guy for six freaking years. There was no coaching opening. Well, the attorney's going to go back and forth over this. I hope Mark Davis sues the shit out of the NFL and Roger Goodell and anybody else that thinks they know about what's going on here. And if he doesn't, he better make sure the phone calls every single owner in the league and says, listen, okay, are you going to rack me over the coals? Let me. I'm going to bring up every one of your history of hiring. Every one of you guys. And there's plenty in the league that would be ashamed of their hiring practices over decades. So this buffoonery and bloviational garbage that I'm hearing all over the airwaves, uh, just stop it. Because it's horse crap. It has no business even going near the Raiders. It should be a dead horse before it ever is an issue. Swept under the carpet like Tom Brady and the cheater that's over there in New England. Uh, I don't want to hear about it. Because we'll put a focus on that team for sure. That is all I have to say about that. What? Isn't a football season nine games? Ten? Who's who goes to ten games? Unfrickin' believable. You know, I can't remember the last time I went to a ten game season. <laughs> uh, it's kind of funny, but it's really not. It's not funny when the Raiders home games are being tossed all over the the world. You know, I, I'm okay with having an away game. But when they take a home game away from us, the fans that aren't going to see a team in two years, that is horse crap. 
And it's some kind of deal. I don't know. Maybe they don't give a crap about us. Maybe Mark's not going to argue that point because he got what he wanted with a stadium. I don't know. And I really don't give a rat's ass. I know this for sure. That's bull crap. No offense to London this year because we're going to go. Charmaine and I, we're packing up. We're going to go see that game. We can't wait to see our friends in England. We can't wait. It's going to be fun. And it's not about where it goes or whether it's London or whether it's Mexico City. I don't care about that. I just care that they're taking a home game away from the fans here in Oakland. It's bullcrap. And I was mad last year. I'm severely pissed off this year. As fun as it is to go places, this takes away from the home game and the home team and the home crowd. Hey, you know what? Have yourself a nice preseason game in London. How about that? Have a couple preseason games over there as a home team. I don't care. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going. But don't take a regular season game away from the Oakland Raider fans because you don't give a crap. And that's a fact. And that is all I have to say. Well, it's not. I'm going to go on a little more of a rant. You know the other thing the Raiders organization has been weak-ass with ever since the Vegas came out? Let me just say this. 95.7 The Game, a great station, loyal to the Oakland Raiders. Raiders, you know, station that they've had for many years now. How many interviews have you heard uh, on 95.7 The Game of Oakland Raider players? Oakland Raider coaches, other than the head coach. Very little, very few, less than appropriate to say the very least. And as a Bay Area fan of the Raiders, you know, it's insulting. Because I'm sure there's there's lots of interviews going to Vegas. That really pisses me off. It pisses me off about the organization. It really does. These are some of the reasons that I wasn't going to get a ticket among several more. The only reason I'm getting tickets is to see John Gruden again. Because those are some hellacious good times. When he coached last time, it was exciting. But other than that, you know, get it together, Raiders. Kick down here for the hometown crowd. Shit, you pay $8 for a soda at the Coliseum, you don't even get a souvenir cup anymore. What kind of crap is that? And that is all I have to say about that. All right, 1-800-620-7181. What's on the bone line? I'm sure everyone is excited about our new coach and staff and the new direction that the Raiders are going. I love John Gruden. I know he loves Oakland. And I just love the fact that he's here to fight for the Raider Nation here in Oakland. He didn't say one freaking word about Las Vegas. All right, 1-800-620-7181. You know the number. Drop the dime. Make the call. Let's hear from (laughs) y'all. What's up? Well, our first caller needs no introduction. He's been a regular on our show for some time. Missed him for the last few uh, minutes. But he's back. And he's back with Mo Money. This is Money Man Has Spoken, 
レイダー Yeah,
first and foremost, welcome back. <laughs> Love your takes, man. Listen, I know and I think everybody else with a brain knows that that's one of the big reasons that they gave him a $100 million contract. Um, They need to put butts in the seat. They need to get this party started, and they need to drag this all the way to Las Vegas. And you know that's the entertainment capital, and, and uh, Chucky's great entertainment. It's great to look at on the sidelines. You guys know how he is. So that's one thing. The other thing, Reggie McKenzie, I don't know, man. He looked a little nervous to me. Uh, Gruden looked very confident, and anything he wants, I'm sure he will get. So if he doesn't think uh, Reggie's doing his job, then he will jettison him uh, very shortly uh, in this next year, I think. Uh, I think uh, John's going to look at him, check. He's going to be under the microscope just as well. Trust me, it's not just the players. <laughs> uh, Chucky is watching everybody, including Reggie. He's got his finger on the pulse now, so there's nowhere to run, nowhere to hide from John Gruden. Love it, man. We got lots of exciting things to look forward to. I'm excited too, man. Thanks for the call, brother. And our next caller is Raider Rick calling from frigid cold Utah, he says. <laughs> I'm sure it's cold. What's up, brother? Hey, Raider Greg, Raider Randy. Raider, this is Raider Rick coming to you from uh, frigid cold Utah. Hey, just wanted to call and say it looks like we're getting Coach Gruden back. Um, uh, there's an article that I read on one of the uh, one of the news um, papers the other day, and I want to talk a little bit about that. Uh, they said that they didn't think that Carr could handle um, Gruden and all that because of his attitude and that he, the swearing uh, that he didn't know if he could deal with the swearing and with his intense atmosphere. Um, I I just got to say, say, in my opinion, I think that's a bunch of bull. Um, I think Carr's been playing football enough to know that um, those things are going to happen. Um, and if he doesn't, he needs to start now and just kind of just put put the swearing part away and the cussing part away if that really bugs him. He can do that mentally and just put it away. But I think that um, Gruden and Gannon are going to be great for him. And I think that they chose um, Greg Olson as the offensive coordinator to come back just to just kind of have him be the buffer a little bit and just to make sure that, you know, Carr has a sound person to, to talk to because um, I know Gannon and Gruden are just going to really let him have it if he does wrong. But I think with those three men – that Carr is going to get back to what he was um, last year. Um, I also think, you know, look how good Carr did with Musgrave calling the plays. I think Gruden is a play caller, but a better play caller. But let's just say, for instance, say he's exactly on par with Musgrave, okay? And look, if with all the extra additions that we have and the extra pieces that we'll get, and the coach that we have, you know, he, we, they can take him back to what he was. But I think he's going to be better than that, in my opinion. So I think he's in it for the long haul. I think Coach Gruden's in it for the long haul. I think they're going to win some Super Bowls. 
um, someone else, one of the newscasters that was talking said that they didn't know if he if they'd win it this year, but maybe next year. You know, we've seen teams turn around in one year um, and have done good. So uh, can I just say I, I love the hire. I like the staff that he's looking at, bringing, you know, bringing them back. Um, I think Chucky's been preparing for, you know, years to come back. Um, people were worried that he was going to go back to Tampa Bay, and he actually, well, from what I heard from a lot of stories, he actually turned Tampa Bay down because he wanted to come back to the Raiders. So, um, yeah, I love it. I love this. I love this guy. I love this team. And, um, well, I think that's what we need right now is a no-nonsense coach that's not going to take any crap on all these cancers in the team. Maybe Marshawn Lynch is going to be gone. Anybody that wants to leave, you know, um, there's the door. You know, Marquette King, he was talking about retiring. If he's serious, that's fine. Go ahead. You know, we'll, we'll miss your kicking skills, but if you don't want to be part of a Super Bowl team, then you know we'll cut you. You know, and Lynch the same way. And um, I honestly, I wonder if we're, we're going to keep Crabtree with the new regime. I know Gruden likes a lot of new veterans. Uh, maybe we'll keep Bowman as well. But uh, anyway, future is bright. I'm glad for the hire. Um, Thanks for your show. Thanks for all you do for us and for taking time out to do the shows and to give us this bone line that we can uh, uh, talk and uh, give our feelings. So this is uh, Raider Rick. I'm out. Well, thanks for the call, brother, and uh, thanks for the props as well. You know, there's a lot of dynamic change that's going to happen in the Raider organization speculation about the relationship between him and Carr and the dynamic of the communication. I think it's all just a bunch of hooey. Once they close those doors, it's men talking to men, and that's how he's going to treat people. And if Carr can't take it, well, then uh, maybe he's not the guy. Maybe he's not the quarterback for this team. Maybe, just maybe. Yeah, brother, I don't know about um, players, I know that, uh, like I said before, a Crabtree exit and a Marshawn Lynch exit might not happen with John. You don't know. Gruden might have a different way of looking at his team. He's looking at everybody. And uh, there's some positions he's going to have to just keep around till he can get a better person. Um, I think it's going to change a lot between now and this year and next year. I think Carl will be fine. And I think uh, as far as personnel moves, it's exciting. It's just exciting to see this change. So all these questions that we're talking about and that we have, we're just going to have to kick back and let it develop uh, like we know uh, it did last time. Because last time it came together very quickly. Thanks for the call, bro. And our next caller is the Chucktown Raider. He's in the house. What you got for us, brother? Hey, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, this is the Chuck Town Raider from South Carolina. Hey, uh, man, I'm just so glad to hear that you guys aren't throwing in the towel just yet. Um, I, I kind of figured uh, you and uh, and uh, Raider Randy just don't know how to quit. 
y'all going to have to go to school to learn that. I, I don't think you're going to drop this podcast for a long time. At least that's what I'm counting on. Me and a, a good portion of the Raider Nation are counting on y'all to to just hang in there. But uh, anyway, uh, all I got to say about uh, John Gruden <laughs> is that uh, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> oh, man, I heard you talking up uh, Chucky, uh, Raider Greg. I'm going to call you out, man. You're talking up Chucky and saying how, how this needed to happen and how we needed to let uh, Del Rio go. And, you know, you may be right, but uh, I've learned anything from being a fan of this franchise is that uh, what you think is going to be good for you is not necessarily how it works out. Um, I remember we used to, we uh, had a quarterback that we thought was going to bring us back from uh, from the abyss. We had a, a highly touted uh, first-round draft pick. You remember? You remember that fella? I'm not even going to say his name. Uh, next, uh, we thought Jack Del Rio was going to be uh, was going to bring us back. Well, he got us a little bit, but did he cure all our ills? No, no. How about uh, Marshawn Lynch? Marshawn Lynch was supposed to be so good; it was supposed to be illegal for him to play for us. He was just going to show us to the promised land. Yeah, we've had a lot of promises in uh in this team's history a lot of things people thought were going to work out great and they don't they don't necessarily do that so i am happy to see chucky back i miss the chucky dolls and uh i miss seeing those faces he was making on the sidelines whenever no matter if we're winning or losing he was still angry about something but uh tell you the truth uh i'm just gonna i'm just gonna take a deep breath and wait and see. That's my mantra for Raider Nation. <laughs> wait and see, brother. Because even I heard the Prez was saying, no, now things are going to be good. Well, Prez, I got to tell you, you got to wait and see. <laughs> but uh, uh, lots of love out to the whole Raider Nation. And uh, I do hope uh, you, Raider Raider Greg, Raider Randy, keep on doing your thing. Uh, even on the out, the uh, off season, I'll be looking for those podcasts to pop up in my library, see if you guys are churning something out. But uh, I'm glad you're still with us. Glad you're still leading the nation. And uh, I wish you all the best uh, success for this new year. And uh, hey, don't get all all hyped up and counting on Gruden Claus coming to town. Okay? <laughs> just, uh, just, uh, Keep your keep your hopes up uh, like we do, and uh, I wish you all the best. And I'm out. Well, that's good. That's good. A little tempered enthusiasm. I understand that. But uh, last time he came here, brother, it was right away. Uh, we had players here in place that uh, we had a four win season before he came, and we we popped it right up, and we were in championships for the very next season. So I uh. I do have high hopes for, for Gruden. I have high expectations and high hopes. You know why? Because he does. And you know why? It's just not words. Uh, he is not a guy who likes to lose. And he'll tell you that, and you can hear it in his voice, and you know that it's true. Uh, he's not going to sing Kumbaya after a losing game to anybody. He's going to call people out. And if you get your feelings hurt, well, don't let the door hit you with a good Lord split you. I'm greatly enthused about this new coach. 
Uh, we all have to sit back and wait and see. But I like what I see, and I think it's a great thing for our team, especially the talent we have right now. Thanks for the call, brother. And our next caller is Maddie Raider from Albany, New York. What's happening, my brother? Hey, Raider Greg, Raider Randy. It's Maddie Raider, Albany, New York. Hey, I got a quick call for a quick question. My question is to uh, Raider fans who have thought that they are done supporting the team because of the con- constant mismanagement uh, we've had as of late, but over the years, and uh, the move to Las Vegas. Now with the imminent hire of Chucky, are you guys back on board? What's your take on this? I'd like to know. Hope everybody's well. Hope everybody had a healthy, happy new year and all the best for 2018. Take care, guys. I'm out. Well, brother, I think that's a great question. I can only speak for myself. I've never checked out of the Raider Nation. I've been pissed. I've been pissed at Mark for the buffoonery. Um, You know, I... I'm probably just like you. I look at the Raiders. I look at the team. I I kind of d- dive into the assistants and what's going on there and, and try to keep my eye on the team, on the sideline, the emotion, all those things. And not that I'm some Nostradamus, but I did not like the coaching staff. I thought it was a poor hire. I thought that they had to go out and get better coaching assistants. But Del Rio didn't have the chance because now we have John Gruden as our coach. I would have to tell you unequivocally, well, hell yes, I'm excited. And hell yes, I'm going to buy season tickets next year. Reason being, I believe this was a smart move and not a waste uh, of a coaching pick. And I also believe that the assistants that are coming in are much more prepared, better prepared, and better selected by a coach that'll demand the very highest from them. I like that. I will put my money, I will invest my money in a good investment. To me, as a sports fan, I think that's a good investment. Um, If they would have kept Del Rio and company in the same buffoonery of last year, I could tell you, like in my shows, I would not have re-upped my season tickets. I not. I wouldn't have gone back to the stadium because, you know, I was in protest to the mismanagement, poor decisions, et cetera, et cetera. I've seen enough of it, as think that everybody here has seen enough of it. And if you go to the games, you can't just turn off the TV, bro. You're there. You've uh, spent your pound of flesh and, uh, along with everything else, you have to watch this joke on the field. Well, I don't think that's going to be the case next year. And to answer your question, uh, there's never been a time that I was leaving the Raiders, but I certainly wasn't going to pay for tickets next year. Now I am. And uh, the reason being is I, I think this is a good investment for a good decision uh, by Mark. You know, sometimes even a blind squirrel finds a nut. And uh, John Gruden came back just in time 
And I think, I think he can turn the ship around. And not only that, but take us to the next level. Uh, a true playoff contender, not just a playoff pretender. Thanks for the call, bro. And our next caller, my very good brother, been around this show for many years. Raider Damien in Placer County. What's up? Hey, Greg. Hey, Randy. It's Damien. All right. Well, uh, season's over. And by the way, congratulations on show 500. Um, and now I think you're at 504, 505, somewhere right around in there. Um, and I was listening to some of the other callers that were calling in and, uh, you know, just kind of the whole, you know, uh, history of the podcast. You know, and I want to say I picked up the podcast somewhere around show 50. And I think one of the other callers had mentioned, you know, I went on to iTunes and I was just searching for Raider news because believe it or not, you know, and the rest of the Raider nation can hopefully appreciate this. Even in Northern California, we don't get a lot of Raider news. You know, I'm in Roseville, so I'm two hours outside of the Bay Area, and we don't get squat for news. We're just flooded with that, you know, niner, whiner, you know, crybaby, fair-weather news that we get all the time on the other team. And uh, so that's how I got started. I found your podcast, and I was like, ah, okay, you know, let me see what these guys have got going on. And uh, I was hooked. And it's absolutely uh, a part of my life. I think I've told you this before, Greg and Randy, both when I've uh, talked to you at some of the tailgates, how, you know, I always throw on the podcast and I, you know, use it, uh, you know, when I go out running and I'd always run for the length of the podcast. And sometimes they were 45, 50 minutes and I was like, perfect. And other times they were an hour and a half and I was like, man, these guys are making me work out. So um, it's definitely been a part of my life, gotten, um, you know, a, a lot of my news this way. And I really appreciate everything that the both of you have done, have done, um, you know, and Randy, you know, for you behind the scenes, doing all the engineering, doing all the sound work, pulling all the clips, putting that together. I don't know a whole lot about what goes into that, but I know it takes time and it takes commitment and you guys aren't getting paid to do that. And um, I just wanted to let you know uh, from Raider Damien here in Placer County, I appreciate the hell out of you guys both. And, uh, you know, we'll see what the future holds. And if there is a future for the Raider Nation podcast, you've got a loyal listener who will always be a part of that. And, uh, you know, if um, you choose not to move on after Vegas or otherwise, I understand that. And uh, I just want to thank you both for um, providing me this forum that you've provided, um, because especially during some of those, you know, 2000, you know, five, six, seven, eight years with the Jamarcus, you know, years. And I'll tell you that suicide prevention hotline you were running, Greg, probably saved my life from, you know, jumping out of a building a couple of times. So, uh, thank you again. All right. It's 2018. It's time to move on. Uh, we'll see, you know, hopefully somebody knocks out Kansas city and knocks out the Patriots. So we don't have to worry about hearing about that. But I think we're just going to take our good news. We're going to springboard off of all this Gruden energy. And hopefully, you know, we're going to have a much better season in uh, 2018. So uh, once again, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, thank you guys both very, very much. I mean that honestly and from, you know, the deepest part of my heart that I really, truly appreciate what both of you guys do for the Raider Nation and for the Raider Podcast Nation. All right, boys. Take care. Wow, bro. <laughs> very, very cool. Uh, 
<laughs> I don't even know what to say. Thank you for the props. Thank you so much for, you know, laying down that timeline because it does bring back memories for us as well. And, uh, well, it's just cool. I've gone over it many times before. It's opened up a whole new world for us and fans and things. It's been pretty cool. So, and having you guys call in, you as a caller, you know, it, your your views and the way you think are necessary for all us to feel that we're not going crazy, especially on a suicide hotline for sure. Hey, bro, thank you so much for the props and following us. We're going to be out there doing it. You know, it's like uh, it's like a drug. <laughs> it's Raider football, baby. And our next caller is Raider Tony, the Northwest Raider. What's up, Tony? Raider Greg, Raider Nation. This is Raider Tony, the Northwest Raider, calling on a rainy Pacific Northwest Saturday. And it's official that uh, Gruden is back and he's our head coach. And um, so I just wanted to call and just, you know, I mean, pretty much echo everyone else's sentiment that I'm sure is going to be calling. Just really excited about this, uh, really excited about this upcoming season um, already. And, uh, you know, uh, there's going to be work to get done. They've got to, you know, Gruden's going to got to figure out who he's going to keep in terms of free agents. And, you know, there were rumors that uh, Crabtree wanted to leave. Um, issues with, he had issues with the play calling and Del Rio and Downing. But now with Downing and Del Rio gone, I think Crab most definitely um, should be kept. Um, you know, in fact, being the offensive guru that Chucky is, I'm pretty sure he's going to want to keep Crab. Um, and, uh, you know, the more weapons on offense, the better. Um, it sounds like, uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen with, with beast mode. I mean, you know, who knows, you know, that, that, that's something else, but you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Chucky decided to keep him more part ways. We'll see who knows what I'm really liking is the, the staff that he's putting together already. It's already a huge upgrade over the Del Rio staff. Um, you know, that was Del Rio's biggest mistake right there, was not hiring the right coaches for the right positions. And uh, that was also, that, that's what costed him the job. And so, uh, you know, right away you see the difference between Del Rio and Chucky. Chucky's, you know, we've got uh, a really stellar list of, you know, coordinators coming in. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's just how you do it. I mean, that's how it's done. So, you know, I just, I can't express how excited I am. I know, you know, we, we all, we're all kind of giddy about this. And, you know, I just, um, you know, I'm really happy to have Chucky back. And I think that, uh, you know, we'll see how, you know, he does this first season um, of this 10-year deal. I mean, that was that's kind of a crazy deal, 10 million, you know, 10 years. But, you know, if you want 
great coaching, it's going to cost money. And, uh, you know, I, I appreciate the fact that Mark Davis, uh, <laughs> as much of a clown as he is, and, and he is a clown. But, uh, you know, this is the right move, and I'm glad he did it. And um, so we'll see what happens, you know. Uh, just Derek Carr, one note, I've been reading a lot of articles lately about, uh, you know, Derek and this and that, and that he's sensitive. You know, I I think Derek Carr wants to win. And he knows that he has the potential to be a really great quarterback. And that's not going to happen with having your friend as an offensive coordinator like he had with Downing. He needs someone that's going to push him, an X of the nose guy that's going to scrutinize him and correct him. You know, that's what great coaches do. And that's what Chucky's going to do. And if Chucky brings in Gannon, like I keep hearing that Gannon's going to come in as a um, quarterback coach, well, if that's the case, uh, you know, there you go. Derek has the opportunity to learn from a great, you know, one of the best quarterbacks the Raiders have ever had. Definitely, you know, up there in our Raiders Hall of Fame. So, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, the media is making it out, you know, making something out of nothing. I don't think Derek has any issues with being coached up. I think he knows that if he wants to win, you know, you're going to have some growing pains. And, you know, this is some of this stuff is going to have to be corrected. His fundamentals, his feet work, um, footwork. This, there, there are just a lot of issues that he had this past season in his regression, and they weren't corrected. And but I'll tell you what, I think we all know that Chucky and Gannon will correct it. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited for Derek. I think we're going to see him grow this next season. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Definitely the expectations are going to be there. I think the Raiders, um, you know, I'm not going to say Super Bowl this season or anything like that, but you know what? You know, just being contenders again and winning, you know, that's that's why I just I just want us to win, you know, get into the playoffs again next season and then, you know, build, build something special. And I think Chucky is the right guy to do it. So anyway, Raider Greg. Greater Nation, I'm out. Well, first off, brother, thank you for the call. Um, yeah, you know what? I wouldn't buy into a lot of things that anybody else is saying. Just I would have my own opinion. As my opinion is, we'll see what we'll see what we see. Um, I don't want to speculate on too much. The coaching staff seems to be better. Uh, they have experience. They're not rookies. They're not coming in for the first time. Thank goodness. Uh, that's a refreshing thing. They're successful. Those are two big things. The other thing is, uh, Gannon's not coming. And uh, Woodson ain't coming either. Uh, these guys, uh, first of all, uh, Rich Gannon lives in Michigan, and he's not moving his family over here to coach for quarterback. Um, I don't believe that to be the case. I could be wrong, but I think that's probably true. Uh, Woodson doesn't need a job, and there would be more like a job. But I think they both of them can, you know, add their two cents. Uh, could be mentors, like uh, Gruden was saying. Uh, we don't necessarily need need those players here to help with this team. I think it comes from John, and I think uh, I think John Gruden himself will make all these coaches earn every dollar that they make. Thanks for the call, brother. And our next caller out of Long Beach, Raider Todd, is in the house. What you got for us, brother? 
Hey there, uh, Raider Greg. This is uh, Raider Todd in Long Beach. A lot on my mind. I haven't, I haven't called in a while, but I listen to every show. Um, let's see here. Uh, real quick, first of all, uh, it was a pleasure uh, meeting you at the uh, at the tailgate for the New York Giants game. Uh, every year, you know, I come up to Oakland, uh, you know, once a year for a game, and I always part of that is always a uh, great joy of always seeing you, meeting you, and talking to you for a few minutes. Uh, before the game, it was a blast. The tailgate was was awesome. Just came off the plane, didn't have any food. People all around there were sharing food with us and alcohol and everything. It was a great time. Always great to go to the mecca. Uh, a, a quick point here, I, I, you know, I was wondering, was Derek Carr much more injured than we knew during this season? I think that accounts for a lot of that. Just those quick passes, the fact that he did everything to avoid being hit, the fact that he couldn't let plays develop. And it feels like a conscious effort between the coaches and Carr just to be able to stay in the game. Um, If you watch the first two games before Carr's hurt and then after he gets hurt, it's a completely different offense. We were the high-flying offense the first two games of the year, um, just like the, the season before, and then suddenly things took a dramatic turn the other way. Um, I think that's kind of a seldom discussed issue with that. Uh, I think it was his back. If you look, he had that big pad on there. He was trying to protect himself. The line was trying to protect himself. And I think he was kind of playing under duress. And look, what does he want to do, get re-injured when he's getting $25 million a year? Do the Raiders want to lose their quarterback? Maybe they should have gave him some more time off and put E.J. Manuel in. Maybe we could have had a better season that way. Um, there was another thing. Uh, I was at uh, – Raiders played the Chargers at the StubHub uh, center the other day, and I didn't have tickets for the game, but I took my kid to the tailgate, and I got to say, it was a wonderful scene there in the parking lot. Uh, tons of Raider, probably 85% Raider fans in the parking lot at StubHub. Everybody having a great time, getting along well with the Charger fans. Uh, the tailgate was just fantastic. Like the vibe there was really good. Everybody was really excited and positive, and there was no BS. You know, it just it was like a really great vibe there. And the one good thing, actually, StubHub Center was the easiest like in and out venue I've ever been to. It was like people weren't waiting in line to get into the stadium. There wasn't all that just kind of you know crunch and you know usually there's, there's trouble with parking and you get gouged for parking a little bit. StubHub was like. One of the most easy and easy out experiences, especially for people in LA who are used to dealing with like Dodger Stadium, you know, which is just a complete cluster F. Um, so that was one positive thing about having the Chargers around this part of town. Uh, finally, you know, I, I gotta say, Mark Davis gets a lot of crap, I think, from the Raider Nation. Um, but I think if you look at the big picture here, you're really seeing a guy that's really stepped up and done some incredible things. Um, if you think about where the team was in, say, 2011, right before Al died, you had completely jacked up contracts, uh, even though that was a pretty fun, that was a great season with you. you know, we wound up 8-8, eight and eight, but we were staring down the fact that the team needed to be dismantled. We weren't at the front of the you know, press anymore. We were seeming somewhat irrelevant as an organization. There was nothing being made on the front in terms of fixing the real big problems like, you know, the stadium issue and, you know, it was, it seemed like, you know, it was a franchise that had been in decline for quite some time. And then with Mark, you find Mark came in, had the balls to get Reggie McKenzie and just let him gut all the bad contracts his dad set up. 
um, he made peace with lots of the owners who had beef with Al, which is seldom talked about, and paid back some of the money that Al had owed uh, different owners. Um, and basically, uh, I, I think that he made, he definitely started cleaning up the entire you know, culture uh, that was part of that, and part of you know bringing in Del Rio and everything. And then I know lots of people, and obviously in the Bay, and a lot of people are mad about the move and everything. That's completely understandable. But in the fact that he was having such a hard time getting anything done in Oakland, he managed to partner with one of the most powerful men in the United States, Sheldon Adelson, to create this deal. Then he shut down Sheldon Adelson again, one of the most powerful people in the world. The guy's worth like $32 billion and basically can get the president of the United States or the state of Nevada can, to do anything because the amount of money he do, donates to these people. Mark Davis went to battle with that guy and bested him in order to put together a world-class stadium. Now, the Raiders are much more respected as an organization just for all these different developments and are basically capitalizing on this worldwide brand they have, which is nothing like anything else in professional sports. We know it. We're Raider fans. We know the feeling. And, you know, to basically take the entire West Coast of the United States from the Bay, San Diego, Los Angeles, Nevada, and create a kind of, you know, express all that is in the Raider Nation by by creating a stadium out there that everybody can get to. Um, And it it kind of said as a hub for this thing, you know, this Raider Nation thing that is big and it's people everywhere. And he's, he knows that. And he's like, look, we need to, we need something that is going to accommodate everybody. So even obviously leaving Oakland was a a terrible thing. And, but given all those problems, he created something bigger and is trying to basically manifest everything in the Raiders brand and get it back to the the prominence that it deserves. And we've gone that direction. And then part of that, like, you know, kind of commitment to excellence, he sees where things going and he goes, you know, I'm going to get, get the biggest damn name in coaching. I'm going to get a Raider legend. I'm going to bring him here. And if all those things weren't happening, you wouldn't have, you know, Gruden, you wouldn't have Chucky coming back. If, you know, Al was still doing what Al was doing towards the end of the year, this wouldn't happen. You wouldn't have the money to pay Derek Carr. You wouldn't have the money to pay, you know, Cleo Mack next year. Who knows if we'd even have those players. But given all the different developments set in motion by you can't have Chucky come in and run the team. I know some people are going to get mad at me because they think, you know, Davis is a traitor and everything like that. But given what he had to deal with and what he's brought the team to now, I, I say it's pretty incredible. And I think most Raider fans these days, you know, are feeling that and feeling the pride that comes with a, a franchise that's definitely kind of retaking its place that it used to have in, in the consciousness of, you know, football fans and just, you know, what it means to be a Raider. So, I don't know, people can fight with me. Shout out and give some love to the Money Man Raider. And uh, thank you once again, Greg, for giving us this forum and for uh, having such a wonderful show. Bye-bye. Very well done, bro. Very well done. Uh, you laid out a very good case to uh, praise Mark Davis. Now, like I said, even a blind squirrel finds a nut now and then. The Vegas thing was very sticky and icky, and it was a treacherous thing. And I think he came out ahead because of not himself, but other people there with a vested interest in keeping a professional football franchise in that state. I think... It was beyond Mark, and I think others in the state made it happen. 
nonetheless, he did it. It was up to him. But let me just say this. Uh, Mark, Mark Davis is following in his father's footsteps. Al Davis loved Las Vegas. Al Davis spent every birthday in Las Vegas. Al Davis was no dummy to the fact that it was a short flight from Los Angeles to Las Vegas, as well as the tax benefits of the city. But I don't think Al would realize his dream because it was such a taboo with the gambling and such. And look at now. I'll give Mark credit. I give Mark credit for quite a few things. I give him a lot of credit for uh, firing Del Rio and hiring Gruden. I give him credit for that. I'll give him credit for any positive that moves his team in a forward direction. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sour that it didn't work out here. I don't blame Mark 100% at all uh, for not having it happen because the Oakland City is jacked up on a good day, on a great day. So I'm, you know, I'm, they're going to lose in it. They're going to see <laughs> the ills of their decision uh, soon enough. But Mark does deserve credit. I will certainly say that, as does Reggie, uh, as does, uh, you know, Del Rio, for crying out loud, for taking us to the playoffs in a 12-win season. Uh, but as well, Mark has to take responsibility for some of the buffoonery as well. And we can go through that. It would take a while for me to lay that out. But you made a good case. I have nothing against Mark. Pisses me off sometimes, but I'm sure I'm not the only one. I appreciate the call, brother. And our next caller calling out of Memphis, Tennessee. It's the Prez. He's in the house. I like this guy. What's up? Raider Nation. Raider Grade, Raider Randy. This is the Prez calling out of Memphis, Tennessee. I am happy to announce, which we already know, Chucky has returned. Out of all the speculations and rumors and gossip and everything else we've been dealing with since he's gone, he's finally coming back. I've calmed down a whole lot. I'm glad that um, I had to wait till I just cool my jets. But the idea of seeing John Chucky Gruden on the sideline with that sneer, that passion, and just having guys accountable and having us winning that culture, it is the best thing. It's almost like saying Madden has returned. And you just, Madden, I'm just so electric right now. I have to return back offshore because the job I work right now, there's no way in heck I can make opening games. But when I work offshore, I have time off, et cetera, et cetera. I can make those flights. I want to catch as much as I can. And also, hopefully, Ray to Greg, this will convince you to go there and catch some of that magic also, too. I know that you... Had your stands. I don't know how much of a big fan of Chucky you are, and maybe it might try to change your mind, but maybe you might consider. Who knows? But I can say this much right here. The losing culture and players not playing to their potential is over. We won't be having too many more of these sad, dreadful, woe is me posts. It was a whole bunch of them. More, good, more bad than good. More sad than happy. But I'm praying. All goes well. And make no mistakes about it. I know it's not a maybe a quick fix. I saw the schedule. The, the, set, the schedule is pretty feasible. It's pretty. It's pretty easy. It's not hard. Um, I have um, good hopes for it. I don't have no worries about Derek Carr. He's in good hands. He got two gurus that's going to take care of their problem. He's just going to have to man it up. 
eat some iron, get pissed, get pumped, and get ready on that field and leave. I wouldn't want to be in Amari Cookies. <laughs> I'm sorry, Amari Cooper's shoes because, man, bro, you dropped those balls with, with Joe, man. I just can't wait. I mean, the highlights, the 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 – the idea that this guy is back, man. I'm a huge fan. I mean, I made no bones about it. I, as a matter of fact, um, I'll even go and share this right here. Um, Charlie Boots, I like to give credence to also, too, when Eddie um, Grigg was you know, kind of down on, you know, kind of on the wind a little bit and everything. I, good guy. And I, I was on this podcast a couple of years ago when I was in Dallas, Texas. And I made a bold prediction. And he's a, a Gruden fan also, too. And he was a, he was all like, really? You think so? And I said, yeah. And just about everything that I said came true. And I told everybody a long time ago, man, ever since that guy came back to that uh, Oakland, if you can remember, I think he went to Ricky's and he had to do a game, a Monday night football. And then uh, there was a picture with him that I have, and I'm going to get it posted one day. I almost I always made a uh, promise that I would get that picture posted. There's a picture with him and Mark Davis standing in the um, sidelines. He was looking. I'm like, man, that's selling and that's things to come. That passion, man, he just never lets it go. He always kept saying, our Raiders, and we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and everything. It never left him. And for those who question his his um, his credibility or if he's still relevant, this dude called games, he knows the ins and outs. He might not have been on the field, but he reviewed it. The guy is a mad scientist, people. He is a damn mad scientist. He loves what he do. He's very passionate. Just like I was when I was playing, you know, and I did Raider Nation of Memphis and, and um, created the um, Southern Alliance of Raider Nation and everything. It's what we do. It's what we love. You put your chips and your bets on anybody who has passion for anything they love, and you'll come out a winner. I put my money against that any day, except if, um, against somebody who just like um, they got a name and hopeful, a hopeful flash in the pan. And we already know the coaches. And I won't even go down that list. But with that being said, Raider Nation, I'm starting from ear to ear. I couldn't wait to get on the podcast so I can make a good statement and salute the Raider Nation as always. May 2018 be a very prosperous year for the Raider Nation. Haters going to hate, but what can you do? The return of Chucky is back. And it's not going to be child's play. Coming soon to a Raider Nation stadium near you. <laughs> Prayers is losing it. Prayers out. Have a good day. First off, thanks for the call and the take. I I knew you'd be very excited. I mean, I, I'm excited too, but I knew uh, since your last call how excited you would be, and I think we're all pumped up. And, you know, there's a lot of speculation here and there. You're hearing all kinds of uh, news here, speculation about stuff. Hey, you got to let the man do his job, but I do know one thing. He holds people accountable. There's no doubt about it. You have no doubt when you're in the doghouse, and you have no doubt when you're doing the right thing. Uh, it will be very clear uh, what's going on with this team because he will not hold anything back. I love this hire. Uh, yes, I'm going back. I'm buying season tickets. It did take me back because I think it's a good move for the team. And uh, for crying out loud, I want to see Gruden on the sideline in person. Uh, not on TV, and the only way I'm going to be able to do that is in Oakland. Appreciate the call, brother. Always welcome. And our last caller is sleepless in Korea. What is happening, brother? 
up, Brother Greg? What's up, Brother Randy? Uh, this is Sleepless in Korea. Even though I'm not Korean anymore, I'll still take that name. Hey, fellas, Happy New Year. Merry Christmas to both of you. Uh, belated. Today is January 9th, 2017. It is approximately 4.30 on the West Coast. And man, oh man, Chucky's back, baby. Chucky is back, officially. I know in the last podcast, Greta Gray, you were talking about not wanting to believe it and not wanting to, uh, you know, believe in anything, believe in the hype, unless something was done officially. Well, partner, it is now official, baby. It is now official. Chucky is back in silver and black, and hopefully he steers his offense into the direction it needs to go. I hope that Derek Carr can adapt to Gruden's coaching style, and I also hope that these guys, man, just get a fire lit under their ass and play some fucking football, baby. Play some smash-mouth football. None of this ticky-tack bullshit, but when they go out, man, when they go out, they're ready to knock somebody's dick in the dirt. And you can edit that out, sorry. I don't know if you guys can put that out there. But I'm hoping that they're ready to knock some hands around. That, that's what I'm hoping for. And put some W's up on that fucking scoreboard and bring at least three more Lombardis to fucking Oakland. Well, there'll be two in Oakland, another one in Vegas. I don't give a shit. Just give me some more fucking trophies. Give me some more fucking Lombardis, baby. That's what Chucky's getting paid that $100 million to do. And no, just like Stephen A. Smith was over there complaining and bitching about Gruden not being, you know, uh, not being eligible to receive an ownership stake. Who the fuck is he to determine what coaches get what? I don't ever remember seeing Stephen A. Smith involved in the National Football League in regards to being a player, scout, personnel, front office, nothing. As far as I'm concerned, he doesn't know a goddamn thing as far as the fuck he's talking about in this shit. If Mark Davis and the owners want to give Gruden a piece of the ownership, then fuck Stephen A. Smith. This should be goddamn allowed to. This is America, damn it. And we're trying to win the fucking Super Bowl. At least a few. Anyways, fellas, I'm pumped. I'm ready for this season. Uh, as far as Beast Mode coming back, shit, man, who knows? If he's as Oakland as I think he is, as, as he says he is, he'll be back. Because everybody back in the day wanted to play for Chucky, man. Everybody in Oakland loved Gruden. And we still love Gruden. Growing up as a kid, I loved him. So hopefully we get Beast Mode back and he can be used maybe like Tyrone Wheatley. And we can get uh, maybe Sony Michelle if he decides to come out from Georgia. That's another discussion for another time. Anyway, man, I'm just fucking high, fellas. Uh, love you guys. Thank you guys for all that you guys do. Appreciate the podcast, man. Keep them coming, baby. One love, baby. Red Nation out. Bro, I love your rant on Stephen Asshole <laughs> Smith. I am so sick of his big mouth when it comes to football. Knows a lot about basketball. He has an opinion about football. Hey, we all have an opinion about football. He's no big deal in football. He's not been covering, you know, he's not even as as good at football as Skip Bayless, Skinny Bill Skip. 
Uh, Skip Bayless knows 10 times more about all sports than I think Stephen A. does. As Big Mouth continues to roll, Big Mouth, little brain, that's what I'll say. Appreciate the call and the love, bro. We're going places and you know it. Well, that is it for this edition of the Raider Nation Podcast, the longest-running professional sports podcast in history. Dig it. I am Raider Greg, and I am out.